Amen. Praise the Lord. Right. Good morning, church. Welcome to the home of, of world changers. Amen. Welcome to the home of world changers. You know, I was so blessed by the prayers that Jolomi led this morning. And I want to also encourage you that you continue in that mindset, seeing yourself as the light of the world, seeing yourself as someone God has called to to a particular purpose, that's a particular assignment on earth. Amen. Uh, there's a lot of fickle, there's a lot of um, fickleness out there. There's a lot of um, artificiality out there. There's a lot of lies and deception out there that can easily sway you from focusing on God and to start focusing on self and start focusing on the situation in your life, making you feel like the world is against you, everything is stacked against you. Uh, but I'm saying to you that you can break through those barriers, you can break through those hindrances, you can break through those things the enemy is trying to push into your life to weigh you down. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror, true Christ who loved you. Amen. Do you know what that means? It means that you don't need to partake in the fight. Some churches, some Christians think that they are fighting the enemy, waging war against the enemy. But Colossians 1.13 says that, God, that we have been delivered from the power and the dominion of darkness, that God has taken us from the from under the control of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. This is me expanding on Colossians 1.13. Now, so what, me, what that means, if you put those two scriptures together, what it means is this, that they, it's already done for you. The war is over. You have won in Christ Jesus. What you need to do is to enforce the victory you have in Christ Jesus. And how do you enforce that? By establishing, speaking, by establishing your heart through speaking and meditating on who God says you are. I have my kind of like downtime too, in a sense, which I try as much as possible not to allow things to weigh me down too much. If I was going by how I felt, would not be in service this morning by God's grace, <laughs> not by God's grace, <laughs> as the enemy uh, has planned it, right? But I had to steer myself up in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, you know, when the enemy was against him, right? So the enemy may be against you, telling you, well, this is not working, that's not working, look at me, look at where I am, this and that and that. But you don't give ears, don't give your ears, don't give attention to that. Give your mind, thank you, Holy Spirit. Give your mind and your heart to what God says about you. Sometimes we want to feel good before we can speak the word of God. But let me tell you how it works. How things really work in the realm of the spirit is you speak the word of God, you believe in the word of God, then you will see a manifestation of what you are speaking or what you are saying. Jesus said, if you believe in your heart and you speak to a mountain, be that removed and be that cast into the sea and doubt not in your heart. He said, you will have whatsoever you say. So now, when you want to see, if you want to see before you declare, you are not walking by faith. So it, it starts with the heart. It starts with believing and then you will see. So whatever you're going through this morning and you're thinking, Lord, why me? Lord, this, Lord, that, right? And you're expecting something to happen before you believe. I, I'm telling you that this morning that this is, that's not how things work in the realm of the spirit. We'll believe first, then we'll see. So I challenge you, believe the word of God. Whatever that situation is, what does the word of God say about it? You hold on to what God's word says about it and you will see results in the name of Jesus. Amen. I believe that's a strong word for someone there. Praise the Lord. So today is part four, talking about discovering God's purpose for your life. Discovering God's purpose for your life. Yeah, so I'm going to move a little bit quicker today because we have a lot of stuff to cover. So last week, I was talking about uh, the three questions that connect to your purpose. Three questions that connect to your purpose. Three questions, questions you should ask yourself 
from time to time, especially in those moments and times when it feels like you don't, you, your life doesn't mean anything or you don't know where you are going or you think you are just existing or you, just, you, you feel like nothing is working for you. Now, these are the three questions you should, you should hold in your mind. You know, when the enemy bombards your mind with discouragement, with depression, with anxiety, these three questions should be able to get you back on track. And I want to encourage you to avail yourself to the message from last week. So question number one from last week, we said, where did I come from? Where did I come from? And I make us understand from scriptures that we come from God. We didn't evolve from apes. We didn't evolve from a slime. We didn't evolve from something, from Big Bang Theory, explosion and things like that. We came from God. God formed us in our mother's womb. God gave us the breath of life. Amen. The spirit in us that makes us alive, right, is from the Father. No, no human being can give life. Nothing in this world can give life to a person, for anything to live, to breathe. It's God who put in our body a spirit and um, we live as human beings. The book of Genesis tells us that after God had formed Adam, formed man from the dust, right? The Bible says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living soul. So if God has not breathed in, into the nostrils of Adam, his body, it would not have become a living soul, a living being. Amen. So, you are alive, you are in this world, and you exist because of the life of God in you. Natural life. Let's talk about that. Let me specify a little bit here because there's, a, there's, there's also the life of God talking about the eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, we said, where did I come from? Right? And next one, we said, who am I? We... When you become a child of God, you should have it established in your mind that you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You are no longer a child of the devil. Uh, John 8, 44, Jesus called liars. People who lie by nature, he called them the children of the devil. And a child of the devil can live their life recklessly. They can give themselves to prostitution, to alcoholism. They can give themselves to anything destructive, murder. Think about anything, lying, gossip. A child of the devil can give themselves to anything and anything that the devil inspires them to do. And also, what the sinful nature produces in them. But for you as a child of God, no, 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 that's not you. Amen. For a child of God, that is not you. Amen. As a child of God, that is not you. And that is why the Bible, from time to time, you know, in many instances, when the apostles were speaking to the churches, try to remind them that they, are a chi- that they are now light of the world, children of God, and they should carry the identity, their new identity in Christ, and not act like sinners. Amen. So you can be a child of God and still act like sinners because you still think like a sinner. But what I'm saying to you this morning, that you are a child of God according to the word of God. The Bible says, as many as received him. If you know that you, you have received Christ as your Lord and your Savior, right? You have received him, you have this life, you have the life of God inside of you. He came to give you eternal life, and that life is the life of God. So you are, you are a child of God in your very core, in your spirit. And you need to remind yourself all the time. So when you have it in your mind, 
established, established in your heart that you're a child of God, then you want to think about what God wants to do through you. You want to live for God, not for, not for human beings or for personal pleasure. Amen. So question number two, who am I? And there's more to that. And this is the foundation and the basis of the Transformers Church, helping you discover and become who you are. So if you remain a member of, a church, of this church family, you realize every Sunday in all our interactions, midweek meetings, prayer meetings, you will notice that constantly we are communicating who you are. Now, well, I'm, I'm, I laughed there because I was able to, I was, <laughs> you know, people who follow us who are not, um, integrated member of the family now. I'm thinking of the right word to use for that. I mean, people who are not uh, here with us in person, but actually follow us online. You know, I, sometimes I watch a few people and I can hear our slogan in people's mouth. And I was like, <laughs> you picked that from the Transformers Church because I know that is how I say it. Amen. And this is for people who are, you know, who follow us um, dedicatedly. Amen. So, we exist to help you discover and become who God has called you to be. God has called you to be a world changer. Amen. Question number three, where am I going? Where am I heading? So where did I come from? You got to have it established, I come from God. So when the enemy is trying to tell you that you are nothing, you are an entity, you don't mean anything, you are an accident, you don't matter, go commit suicide and stuff like that, you're telling me he has no right to tell you what to do with your life because he is not the source of your life. God is the source of your life. Amen. That, that I mean, I, I felt inspired from hearing myself say that. Amen. Okay, I didn't hear myself. I was spoke by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, question number three. I'm trying not to get too excited this morning. Amen. Right. Question number three. Where am I going? So, where are you going? What are you going to do? with your, where, I mean, what are you doing with your life? Where is your life headed? Where is your life heading? Heading? Where are you going? Where is it headed if you are on autopilot? Who is driving your life? What's driving your life? Where are you heading for? Where are you going? Where am I going? Why do I exist? Take it back from the beginning. Have it established. I come from God. I am a child of God. So the question is that what am I living for? Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Corinthians for my English friends, uh, chapter 5, verse 14. So this is a starting point of discovering your purpose, your primary purpose and your secondary purpose. So this morning I'm going to be covering your primary and secondary purpose. So number one, uh, <laughs> sorry, excuse me guys, I'm too excited. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Please, in your spare time, please, in the light of the things I've shared in a few minutes that I come, that I mounted this podium, I wanted to think about verse 14. It says, you have died to your old life. Now, I mentioned earlier on that you are a child of God, so that old life, you shouldn't longer live it. But, we'll, you know, as we continue with us on this journey, we are on this journey as well, discovering who God has called us to be and becoming it. It will make much more sense to you and you'll be able to experience it in your private life. Verse 15 now of 2 Corinthians 5. Watch this. I think I should take it again. Let's take, it, let's, let's take verse 14 again. 
Either way, Christ's love controls us. And this is the NLT. Um, I'm reading from the NLT. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Watch this. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, somebody say new life. So earlier on when I was talking about the natural life, the life you receive from God, by being, you know, the breath in your, the breath in you, the breath of life in you, I was trying to differentiate it from the life that we received through Christ Jesus, eternal life. Amen. I like to connect things so that people we don't feel hanging. So this is a verse of the, of the scripture that helps you differentiate that. Amen. In, in Genesis chapter 2, where after God formed the human body and breathed into that guy's nose the breath of life, and that made him a living being. But the life we're talking here is not just, is not that kind of life. We're talking about the spiritual nature, the spiritual, the spiritual nature of God in you. Every human being born into this world, at some point before they receive Christ Jesus, will inherit this, the, 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 the spiritual nature of the devil in a sense, the spiritual nature of a fallen man, the spiritual nature of a fallen woman, the spiritual nature of a, of a sinner. But when you come to Christ, when you invite Jesus into your life to be your Lord and your Savior and to give him permanent residence in your heart, not just as a guest, right? you receive this new life. And that's the life we're talking about here. So verse 15 says, uh, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Amen. What would they not do? They will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, talking about where am I going, you must have it in your mind. The starting point as to living that life, okay, so the starting point to live that life of purpose is to stop living for yourself, your ambition that is motivated by maybe your society, your parent, the company you keep, what you think is purpose for you. The starting point is to stop thinking of that one and to replace it with thinking about Jesus who died and was raised from the dead for you. As a child of God, your life is no longer your own. Your life belongs to God. People of the world see us. You know, there's, this, there's a lot of message out there about what you want to achieve, what you want to get. And they put a lot of confidence in human strength, human ability, with no regards to God. Friends, don't allow yourself to be trapped into that. Uh, I'll put, let me rephrase it. Don't allow yourself to be caught in that death trap. I call it death trap because it, it withdraws you from God. And anything that is away from God is away from life. Not that the life of God in you will leave you, not that you will lose the life of God, but you withdraw from the source, the nourishment of life, God. What I'm trying to say is this. When anyone wants to live for themselves, what they think is good for themselves, they are withdrawing, they are withdrawing or separating themselves from God. 
God will not separate himself from you. It remains there. But you will be robbing yourself of the joy of the peace, of the excitement, happiness that is in God. Because you want to live for yourself and not for God. People say things like, I have the right to do whatever I want to do with my body. And that is because you think your body is yours and not God's. Many single ladies and even married ladies think that they can sleep with whoever they like. They can do whatever they like with themselves. I've had, I've had issues with, with single girls, I mean, single ladies in the sense that they believe I don't have a right to address anything in their so-called private life. So they have the right to their private life and they can go, you know, promiscuating, sleeping around, messing about. And I say, the thing is, I'm the pastor of this household. And as long as I'm the pastor of this household, I have to be mindful of behaviors and conduct that can corrupt the members of this church. It's my duty. Even Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 5. The guy who was having an affair with his stepmom, he, told, he rebuked the church. He said, you have not cast this guy out. You guys are not mourning, crying, feel sad for yourself, for this disgusting and disgraceful thing. And a single lady thinks that she can live a life, who calls herself a Christian, and wants to be part of this church family. She, she can intentionally live, live a sinful lifestyle, and it's none of my business. You must be a joker. Thank God they are no longer here, and they can't stay here. Now, I know people have ages. They have shortcomings, right? And people, people are coming from the world, a place of darkness, and they are trying to adjust. God is working in them. Right, and I accommodate them because that, that God has called me to a walk, a walk of re, uh, transformation, to build lives. Right, so I don't condemn people. But if, if someone looks looks at me in the face and say, "I have the right to do with my body whatever I like," and they are talking about sin, and they try to, and they make me think that I don't have a right of sin. <laughs> no, they gotta be out of my church, you know. And I've also come across Christians, people who call themselves believers. Who are kind of uh, she's shacking up the college, you know, sleep, sleep, living with each other, um, <laughs> unmarried, unmarried people living together, and uh, when you try to call their attention to say, guys, this is not right, especially I know there was a particular case when the Lord gave me specific instruction about someone. No, the Lord didn't say to me that they were sleeping together, but but let me spare you of all of those stories. But the Lord was just was displeased about this. And um, I like to mind my business. And I gave this lady what the Lord said to me. And from that day, we became enemies. And you know, it was very, very dirty. And, you know, they dragged me. It was very, 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 very messy. And the moment I see her today, she still gives me attitude and stuff like that. So one thing that blessed them is this. That what I know about my identity today, I didn't know it back then. Because they wouldn't have gotten away with it. Because I will preach them from the word of God and show them that this is darkness. And you know what? If anyone wants to live a life of darkness, and that's the life they want to live, they, they have no business staying around me. I'm talking about believers now. If you read the Bible carefully, you, you will see this things carefully. Now, when Paul was saying to us in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 11, and he asked us to stay away, to avoid to not keep close relationship with believers whose sense of morality is a mess, who have no sense of godly moral conduct. Paul said, 
he's not asking us to leave this world and avoid and stay away from unsaved people. He said, but anyone who calls himself a Christian who is given to sexual immorality, we should not keep company with such people. You know why? Believers who are given to sexual immorality and all kinds of evil conduct can easily influence you negatively. Because when you are around believers, your guts are down to a very much extent. But when you are, as a sensible Christian, when you are around unbelievers, you know these guys are not saved. Your expectations is low. Your guts are, your expectation of, of what they could do is kind of, you know, you don't have too much expectation of, you know, what they do. You, I'm not usually surprised by whatever sinners do. But um, when believers come around you, whom the Bible says that we are a member of a spiritual family, a member of your family, people you should be having heart connection with so that they can strengthen you and build you up. So which, that means that when you are around believers, whether you like it or not, somehow, somehow, your gut will be down. And your gut should, to, to a very much extent, because we are supposed to speak into one another's life. Now, imagine the people who you are supposed to be around and your guys should be down so they can speak into your life and not give to sexual immorality. They can easily influence you. Amen. So I've said all of that to say that believers have no right to say they can do with their life what they, choose, what they, what they like. It's my life, I can live it. You can't find a place in Transformers Church because in this church, we are living for Christ. You can't say you, can, you, you are free to watch pornography as long as you're not watching it in church. No. When you come into Transformers Church, you're a part of a family. So what we do outside of church matters a lot. And if you're watching me or listening to me and you're a part of any church, your conduct outside of church matters a lot. It affects the local church you belong to. Because when you are given to sin, immorality, and all sort of things... You cannot function effectively to be a blessing to the local church. Rather, you will be a channel or a door to allow the devil into that family. So you, for, on no grounds can you live your life the way you think you can live it. The Bible clearly states that you, whom Christ died for, you're not supposed to live for yourself any longer. You're supposed to live for Christ who died for you and was raised from the dead for you. So talking about where am I going, point number, the, the, the first stop after asking that question is my life is not I, my life is Christ. So sometimes if it seems like you're confused, you don't know the next step to take, what to do. The fact that you retain that consciousness from 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15, that my life is not I, mine. My body, my spirit, my life is Christ and I'm to live for Christ. If you retain that consciousness, watch this. It's going to be so easy for you to hear Christ speaking to your heart as to the next thing to do and how to live your life. When our heart is so synced, synced with Christ, <laughs> when our mind have it settled, established, in our habit established in it that we belong to Christ, it's very easy to hear what the Lord is saying to you and what God wants to do through you. And this is how I live my life. There are moments whereby I, you know, well, okay, let me, let me go years back. So back in the days when I used to work in financial services, it was a very toxic work environment and it was very, very messy, you know, but I was just getting by. 
I remember one day I was just so tired, drained from all of the all of the evil practices that the enemy was uh, carrying out in the in the workplace and was attacking me, which I was I, I'm very I was very aware of it. And I just got, I got so exhausted one day, and I I withdrew to myself after work hours, and. It, it, it didn't seem like I had any bearing or I had some anything to do with my life. And I was able to quickly calculate and think, say, you know what, what gives me joy? What am I called to do? What am I? And I asked myself a few questions. And I know what God has impacted in me, has given to me, is in my mouth to heal people, to deliver people from the bondage of darkness. You know what I did? I packed my, I went to pick up my camera, my tripod stand, I went to the landing, to the, to the ground floor, I set up my camera and I released a powerful message. Friends, that message reached someone in Nigeria who has been in the bondage, in the bondage of darkness for over two years. And they were literally losing their life. <laughs> Amen. And they were losing their life. When I speak to the person today, the person said things like, Pastor, you don't know what God has done, has used you for in my life, and they are, they are still praying for the person who shared my message with them. They can't, they can't even remember who did. And since then, they've been following me, and this is over, we're talking about um, nearly four to five years now. Amen. So when the enemy came after me, and it was very, you can see the handwriting of the devil on the wall. You can see that these are demons against me. I withdrew to myself. Where am I going? Well, I'm a child of God. I'm born of God. Christ dwells on the inside of me. What gives me joy? What gives me excitement? I preach the gospel. Pack my camera. Pack my tripod. Set things up. And I preach. Watch out. Most of are coming. Because I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach heaven down in my generation. You know, the enemy has, has, has messed up a lot of stuff in my mind in the past few, few years. And quite a number of years. And, and I've had all manner of experiences in the past few years. And, um, you know, I was, I was a bit tired yesterday. And it wasn't kind of physical tired. It was just a lot of things that the enemy has been doing for many years to so try to kind of close in on me. And I was not giving. And this morning I said, you know, I'm, I know what, I know, I know how this thing runs. So just go stay yourself up. I just prayed in the spirit. Not for the savage, just prayed in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, when people want to, it has way impressed my heart and I got the message, but let me try to paraphrase it. I think this is, this is going to bless someone. He said, when people want to kill your potential and your talent and they drag you, they mess you about, they try to kill you, he said, what do you do? You use it as a springboard. Is the very reason why you ensure that you succeed in what you are called to do. I did not know where the fire came up in my spirit. And I said, enemy, Satan, you have true friends and people that I know, close association, try to kill me. Well, those ones may not mean harm, but because of the weakness of their flesh, they've been used by the devil to kill my potential, kill my life, kill my ministry and everything, even ruin my marriage. <laughs> those things you wanted to kill are the things that I will succeed in, and I'll succeed so well. So guys, watch out. Amen. I said that all to say that. When, you feel, when it feels like you are stuck in life and you don't know the next thing to do, question number one, on top of that question, okay, not, not the question, the first thing to think about on top of that question 
is living for Christ. My life, I am to live for Christ. I will live for Christ. And I said to you that the degree to which your heart is in sync, hello, the degree to which your heart is in sync with the Lord Jesus Christ that is established in your heart, that you have to live for Christ is the degree to, to which you can quickly and easily hear Christ and do what he's asking you to do. That moment many years ago when I was down, when the enemy really closed in on me but did not get me, that what came out of that was what has, is what has changed lives in Nigeria. One video as a result of that. The enemy thought he could take me out, but... That very thing he did not want me to do was what I, I, I stepped into, even though I was tired and exhausted from the manipulation in the workplace. Well, what came out of this? <laughs> Blessed lives and changed lives. So whatever, the, the, whatever you know that God has called you to do and the enemy is closing in on you and trying to discourage you from doing it and using people, pastors, prophets to discourage you, and is using all manner of people, even your spouse, to kill that assignment in your heart. I challenge you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus that you go for it. Don't allow the enemy to push you back or push you into a corner. Stand your ground and advance in the name of Jesus. And I speak to someone this morning. As you hear those words, that your, I pray that your heart is stirred up right now in the name of Jesus. To step forward and do that thing which God has called you to do in the name of Jesus. You know, a friend, uh, a pastor friend and his wife are inviting me to speak at a conference, uh, their conference next week, Saturday. They title it, um, A Fresh Start. If you, if you can attend, if you can attend, just go on my Facebook profile. I'm probably going to share the flyer today. Go, if you can go find me on Facebook, I'll probably will share it on the church, um, uh, church social, social as well. Uh, if you can attend, try to attend in person. Fire is going to come out. Fire is going to come out. If you think your life has been stuck, you, don't, you can't move your, you know. <laughs> Amen. So look out for that post if you can attend. I don't know if the, if the church will make arrangement for online streaming. But, you know, it was so clear to me that God did not invite. That invitation was not by accident. Because when I saw... When I asked the pastor, I said, so what do you want to talk about? I said, whatever the Lord lays in your heart to talk about first that. And I said, Lord, what are you saying? And it came from inside like fire, like a, like a rushing mighty wind. I'm like, these guys will need to get some security guys to hold me because so that I can be myself. Someone's life will be touched that day. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right. So please bear it in mind all the time. I am a child of God and I'm supposed to live my life. I am to live my life not for myself, but for Christ. So let's get into it. What, what is it about Christ in this context? So if we, let's go to Second Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 4. 1 Timothy. Two, one to four. I'm going to read. Uh, quite quickly. Let's do this. So, I heard you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. 
This is good and pleases God our Savior. Who wants, watch this, verse 4. Who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth? God wants everyone to be saved and come to understand the truth. You see the reason why sometimes I teach a topic for 15 weeks? I think I've done 17 weeks. Because God wants you to understand the truth. You know, I can come to church on Sunday and preach and make myself feel good. And you guys got nothing. I can get you guys excited. So excited that you don't get any value out of it. And on getting home or stepping out of church, someone asks you, what did you learn in church today? What did you get from church today? And you will not be able to remember anything. Do you know that that is what is as saturated the Christian's world today? A lot of excitement messages, many of which are devoid of truth. They don't have truth in them, but they get people excited. And people's character are not being formed. Friends, if you are a member of the Transformers Church family and you don't mature with time, grow. The problem must be on your side, not on this side. And if I watch carefully, it must mean that you are not coming to church on Sunday. You are not attending Transformers Connect. The ecosystem that I am building to support our growth and transformation, definitely you're not part of it. Because if you are, it's only a matter of time. Christ will, be, you will begin to conform to the image of Christ in you. The character of Christ in you will begin to find expression. Because if this ministry and church is changing my own life, who is the preacher and the teacher and the elder statement, they call it, maybe the pastor, the senior pastor, all this. How much more you, who is being taught, you are not doing, you are you, only coming to listen and contribute. You are not doing the work. Tomorrow morning, I'm back to my nine to five job. And in there, I'm carrying every church member around, praying, speaking in tongues, thinking about your life. You know, when we come for Transformers Connect, due to the few information I have about you guys and what God has been laying in my spirit as I pray for you guys during the week, I arrange, I coordinate those meetings to address certain things, many things going on in that one hour meeting that you have no clue about. And your life is not changing. We need to lay hands on you. I've not seen anyone in this church not grow. Right, but I'm saying that generally, what I'm trying to establish here is that my role as a pastor is very simple, but very challenging, seriously and terribly challenging. Build people, help you understand the truth. What I've noticed is that each time I release a truth bomb on social media, my followers decrease. I was going to put something on social today, but I have the capacity to tell people, please don't only unfollow me, please unfriend me. I have all manner of friends on Facebook, and I, I don't have the time to unfriend people. I'm, I'm thinking, when did you guys come into my life? So if you're a Facebook person who is waiting for, to, to hear another truth bomb, and so that you can unfollow me, please, don't only unfollow, please unfriend. Possibly even block me. Please. Amen. That would be very, very helpful, because I have so many nonsense on Facebook. Praise the Lord. If my friends on Facebook can come down from 4,000 something to 1,000, I'll be all 200. I'll be so happy. Because it makes, it makes it that when I go on Facebook, I see people whose heads are correct. And all manner of junk and nonsense combined together. 
friends, I believe I'm one of the pioneers of truth in my dispensation. And I'll speak the truth till I go home to be with the Lord or till Jesus come for me. Or Jesus come for me and for us. So if you think the truth I say, according to God's words, offend you, you have not started. Because I'm coming like fire as the Lord has sent me and I didn't send myself. And that should be the confession and the position every member of the church family. Amen. That should be the confession and the position of every member of this church family. God has not called me to raise timids, for people cannot speak. And that's why, besides the, the Sunday teachings, uh, the word of God I teach you, I also give you substance so that you can conduct yourself in life. When I was, I was joking with someone who is a teacher among us, I said, maybe it's time for you to demand a pay rise in your workplace, because I was able to pick one or two values that she has, and she was, if she would go through with it, yeah, fantastic. I don't, I, no long, I, I don't only look after your spiritual wellness, but your overall well-being, according to the level to which I should be involved. Not that because you bought a house, you should tell me. or No, those things don't concern me. The house you are buying, the question is this. Can you pay the mortgage? Why did you buy the size of the house you bought? Is it to impress people? That one you need to come for special counseling. Friends, God wants people to know the truth. So your primary purpose in life, part of your primary purpose in life, right, is for you to lead people to Christ and to help them understand the truth about who they are, who God is, and what God is calling them to do. It's the primary purpose of every believer. God wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So as a believer... Your primary purpose on earth, when it comes to living for Jesus and not living for yourself, is that the works of Jesus be done. What Jesus wants to see accomplished in the life of people be accomplished through you. He called you the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Friends, it's insanity for believers to be adding to the chaos and the evil of this world. By especially ladies stripping themselves naked on social for whatever mad reason in their mind. It's insanity. See, there's no disrespect. It's just, I need to call it what it is so that people can begin to think. I have one or two single ladies who come to visit me, uh, myself and my wife. And the, 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 the... the feedback I do I hear about the interaction with many Christians out there is disturbing. And one lady walked up or was on a had a one to one, I had a one-to-one session with her. And he said to me, I can't go into details. But for all the Christian friends that I've met, it's only you and Jeremy who walk in the light. So I can't share details. I know our Christian circle, he said, but I tell you the truth. I've been to places, and I know what I see. And she was not trying to make us feel special or put us in pendest. I said, but it's only you and Jolomi who are walking in the truth. And I respect you people for that. I can't remember what I saw recently online. I don't know who shared something with me. And um, well, they're Christians. And it's sad that believers, many believers are the one adding to the darkness, 
chaos, filth, confusion of the world. Do you know what that means? We do not know who we are. Our calling is to lead people, our primary calling as a church family, not just this church, the body of Christ, is to help people come to Christ, come to realize the goodness and the undeserved favor of God, the grace of God that he has bestowed upon us through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection. It is, we are supposed to be, we are called to, to radiate the glory, the goodness, the kindness of God. We have the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We are called to replenish the earth, to bring value, substance, health, healing to the world. Not to blend into it, not to join it, not to participate in it, not to identify with it. Amen. See, your purpose is not to identify with Gucci, with and all these demonic celebrity singers. It's not your identity. You are not the same. You don't come from the same kingdom. Somebody said you are being judgmental. I don't have your time now. No. You have a different father. This is going to offend some people. No. They identify with the devil because the song they sing and what they stand for, does that look like Jesus? So if it doesn't look like Jesus, and those things cannot be practiced or sung right in front of Jesus by you who is a believer, then who do you think they belong to? It's not your calling as a believer to add to the chaos, confusion, fear, darkness of the world. Your primary calling is to bring light. It's to bring the truth. Not to conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, understanding you now belong to Christ, your body and your spirit belong to Christ. Your mind should think of the things that add value, that blesses people, that heals people. Things that through which you can minister the life of Christ to people. Jesus sent us into the world to make disciples of men. Dedicated followers of him. Our primary purpose. We need to establish this and ensure that we get it right. Because if we don't, when I get into, into secondary purpose, we'll think that is what our life is. So friends, and when I talk about secondary purpose, I'm talking about our vocation and some other things that we do. Now, your secondary purpose, which I'll get into next week, let me, just, let me use the word vocation. See, if your vocation is not rooted in Christ, rooted in your primary purpose, you're thinking of how can I express Jesus through this? How can I help people representing Jesus through this? You don't have a foundation. I repeat, you don't have a foundation. Finally, I'm tired, I am sick and tired of all of this prosperity message that has pervaded the church. All of this message of this motivational speaking, all this feel-good preaching. I'm tired. My ears are my ears are heavy. I'm t- I don't want. To, I wish. I, I wish I could mention church names. Many popular churches, especially in the U.S., in America, where you know, popular, famous pastors would tell people what they want to hear. 
and people have lost the consciousness of Christ. Amen. One of the ways you can tell whether what uh, a church preaches or a, or, a believe, or a group of believer preaches, I mean, one of these you can tell if it's of Christ is by looking at the conduct among the followers of that Christian circle. Watch them. There are prayer groups, young groups, all over the place. It's sad that I hardly find one, though there are some, but it's hard to find one in ten that Christ is the center of it. Amen. And I'm praying that we're repenting this morning. If you're hearing me, if you think you need to share this message with uh, young people in small groups, please do. We need to give ourselves to the truth. Give ourselves to the right thing. Give ourselves to what God has called us to do. Become who he has created us to be in the name of Jesus. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for your word that has come to us.